I'm here, well not really here, I'm Zooming with Katie Hanover, Dr. Katie Hanover, um, which is pretty cool. Really excited to have Katie on the podcast actually because I've wanted her to come on for ages and I'm normally like an ask once sort of person. <laughs> She's worth asking more than once. Um, so silver lining of this pandemic is that she's got a bit more free time um, and she's got a lot of exciting projects on the go that I'm stoked she's here to talk about with us, um, which is super cool. I don't want to like blow her trumpet too much. Um, she's one of my best mates, so she's obviously a fine quality of human. <laughs> um, she's just fucking a legend, basically. Um, yeah, so she's going to be so embarrassed when she hears this. Uh, but she's very modest, so she's not going to tell you guys that she's awesome, so I'll just tell you, <laughs> just so we've got that cleared up. So we're about week four, week five for some of you for lockdown. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to chat to different people along the way across different stages, um, just to see like how people are adapting to the situation, if at all, um, basically. Um, if we're making gains, if we're struggling, you know, because um, it's all it's all real, it's all your experiences, and yeah, I think it's all worth talking about and it's worth listening to. If there's been anything that's come up for you that you want to talk about, then feel free to send me a message, um, or you know, contact a health professional or someone who knows more than me, which there are many. Um, I've personally been, I had a Zoom appointment with my psychologist the other week. Um, that was pretty cool. It, yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. He's amazing. Um, the Mind Room, um, those guys, that's where I see them. That's, that they're offering that service. I'm sure a lot of people are. Definitely, if you do have the resources, um, you obviously do have the time now, so that's not really a question, um, to invest in your mental health, um, there's no time like the present, right? Stuck inside, we may as well be, um, you know, doing some really deep work internally. So, yeah, let's do that. But let's also talk to Katie because, you know, she's here and finally got her. So, yay, Katie, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, mate. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for finally... Um, coming on the podcast, I'm super excited. I'm excited too. This is going to be fun. Here's another silver lining of the pandemic. <laughs> There's so many. Lots of free time. I'm yes. one of those really annoying silver lining pandemic people. I feel like the personalities of pandemic people are divided into two. There's the fuck, this is terrible, people are dying, I can't go out, I'm just going to be a massive sad act. And then there's, oh my god, think of all the things I can do with this time and this opportunity, people. And we are in the second camp. I would tend to agree with that, yes. And basically, the only people I have on this podcast are people in that second camp. <laughs> so, welcome to the camp of positive Patricias. <laughs> Good to be here. Yay! <laughs> um, so, you are an osteopath, a doctor, an osteopathy. An osteopathy? Oste Is that how you say it? An osteopath. Osteopath osteopathy. Osteopathy. Yeah. Amazing. It's a bit of a mouthful, yeah. Right. Um, so that's pretty cool, and um, you've recently come into a bunch of time. Just some... Yeah, well, obviously, because of everything that's going on, unfortunately, the clinic I was working out of decided that um, it was better for them and the community to close, just with everything that was happening. So I am now kind of doing my own thing a little bit um, online, weightlifting-wise and mobility coaching-wise, just to kind of fill some time, keep my brain busy and help people um, in a way that I can with the current constraints that we have. So just trying to basically make a bit more of an online presence and virtually coach people, which has been a new learning curve, but I'm enjoying yeah. very much so far. I think, like, your approach is kind of different, though, because, I mean, we've kind of been swamped with online everything. Everyone who's anyone is doing an online thing of some description. Um, I'm doing a thing. It's pretty, you know... Uh, not <laughs> to the same level, um, but I think anyone who's a trainer or like a health professional like yourself is trying to do some semblance of that just to keep their head above water, I guess. Um, but yours is kind of different, um, which I find quite cool because you're not just you're not just giving out a cookie cutter um, hit program. 
programs or bodybuilding programs or weightlifting programs even. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk maybe a little bit about why your approach is different and what you kind of tend to focus on that maybe others aren't? Yeah, so I suppose it kind of comes back down to who I am as an osteopathic person, a weightlifter, a health professional in general, and kind of my attitude towards the way that I treat my patients. So I think I'm lucky because I've always felt as a health professional health professional that my strength isn't necessarily in the thing that I can do um, with my hands. So like the touching and the manipulation and the massage, like that's not something that I would like to hang my hat on. I kind of feel like I'm very much a very fresh beginner in that regard and there's a lot of people that are probably a lot, lot more sophisticated in their approach. So that being said, going online and not being able to see my patients face-to-face and the people that I work with face-to-face hasn't been as big of a struggle for me because I feel like I've been able to adapt quite well. Um, I think because I use communication, I use um, exercise, I'd say screen, like movement screening per se, but nothing like structural, like in an FMS or anything like that, more so just range of motion screening, um, getting to know the person and their habits and like just really having a good chat with the people that I work with. And you can obviously do that by email, you can do that with messaging, you can do that um, on video chat. So that's been really good because I've been able to kind of um, work with mainly weightlifters that I've been working with uh, recently and people that kind of strength train and being able to still give them a high level of service because my fundamentals don't come down to the things that I necessarily feel with my hands. So what I'm offering at the moment is um, I'm coaching a few athletes uh, weightlifting, so programming for them, video analysis, kind of doing a bit of a mobility plan for them, accessory plan as well. Um, For some, even doing a little bit of nutrition guidance. I'm not an accredited nutritionist by any means, but I do have a little bit of an interest in sports, nutrition and performance, and I've been coached by some amazing people. So I'm really just recycling that information and keeping it very basic for them. Um, But that's kind of been my first endeavor. So basically coaching weightlifting. And then my second thing has been more so... um, writing mobility programming for people that do weightlifting or strength sports in particular, putting them through a bunch of assessments that they do virtually. So I get them to record themselves doing a bunch of movements. I screenshot and have a really good look. Um, Sometimes I get them to do some strength or endurance testing. So they may have to do max reps of a single leg calf raise or something along those lines, depending on their history. Um, and then from there, I write them a mobility program that they do. So they generally get a warm-up that they can complete before their lifting sessions. Um, I encourage them to do that on their rest day as well. Uh, that warm-up will kind of include a bunch of different things, whether it's range of motion, activation, stabilization, um, specific to what they need for their sport, specific for their structural issues they may be having, their injury history, their health history, Um, Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm offering at the moment. And then once they've got that program, some people are also getting accessories written for them, which has been um, another part that I'm offering. And then from there, they have the option to just follow that program forever or they can come back for a refresh four to six weeks. We can do an ongoing thing. It's kind of all a bit ad hoc at the moment because nothing's really structurally happening as it's very, very new. But um, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. So I've got... Six or so athletes I'm working with mobility-wise. I've got three that I'm working with programming-wise and then a few others that are kind of coming in for once-offs here and there. So it's been like a pretty successful time considering that, unfortunately, I had to completely like stop treating the way that I was. So I feel like I've, like I've leveled up. I'm actually really, really enjoying it. I'm loving what I'm doing and it's it's been a good – it's been one of those – uh, fork in the road moments for me so yes yeah. it's really cool because it's a massive test of your skill set really I mean any sort of person who's used to working one-on-one with your with a person with your personal trainer with your any sort of health professional being having that t- contact taken away from you that's a massive <laughs> it's a massive test it's like it would be like suddenly going from coaching um not being able to uh, visually demonstrate a movement and suddenly having to yeah. audibly kind yeah. of, you know, it takes away one entire 
means of communication. Yeah. So it's a really massive test of how well you can give directive to someone without actually getting to put your hands on them, yeah. which is really hard. It's new, I think, and I think, like, um, Brene Brown, a, a lady that I love, like, she... Love her, we've mentioned her before. <laughs> she She's has, yeah, she has, like, a bit of a, I guess, um, theory on whether, what people do in a crisis, and there's, like, people that are under-functioners and people that are over-functioners, yes. and I am 100% over-functioner. Oh, my God, same, love that. So I think, my like... My favourite, over-functioning. <laughs> <laughs> I found out that, like, the clinic was closing and I was losing my job for the time being, and I went into over-function mode, and I think just sucked my but you like fucking crushed it, mate. 24 hours and just did whatever I could do financially to get a little bit of money in um, to know that I was pulling my weight at home and, like, obviously we would be able to keep a roof over our head and all those things, but I think my over-functioning has definitely helped in this regard because I've just been gone, like, full-on problem-solving mode. Like, if it doesn't work this way, what can I do? Okay, I don't have the right videos right now. What software can I use? Like, how can I get the patients um, that are in my interest field to work with me via this completely uh, online, I guess, portal, which yeah. I've never, I've not had anything or any access to it. So I basically had to create everything from, from get-go, good old Canva, and it's free 30-day trial. <laughs> well, it shows your ability to adapt. And, I mean, adaption is key here. Like, people who have been successful so far, I mean, it's only been, like, a month, right? But yeah, it's only been a month. But you're either, I know, but at this point, you're either fucking floundering around, eating peanut butter straight from the jar, or you're fucking <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of floundering. There's like, there's, I'm not going to lie, there was, there's definitely floundering, but I think lately there's been a bit of an upturn in the amount of people inquiring, and that's given me a bit of a confidence boost. I've yeah, definitely had sure. some really positive feedback from the people that I've been lucky enough to work with so far, and that has given me a confidence boost, and I think like having a little bit of belief that what I have to offer, I assume everybody knows the things that I know and I think sometimes that can be a shortcoming because I I will maybe skip over the basics in my head because I'm like, of course they know carbohydrates give you energy, oh, for mate. example, for yesterday. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. I know. But I'm like, of course they know that. Of course they know that they should eat all of the types <laughs> of foods. Everyone knows that. But I, yeah, I forget that the basics are maybe not always common in everyone's. Common. Yeah. No. Well, of course you know that overtraining leads to underperformance. And no, I think there's not, just not true. been a lot of, um, I've had a lot of injuries, I've had a lot of professionals that I've worked with, I've had a lot of coaches that I've worked with. So I've got like a diverse compilation of a lot of people's opinions and stru- structures and I've kind of like taken the best from them. Yeah, um, And that has really helped me because sometimes I, I, I realise I know things and I'm like, surely you people are aware of that. But that makes me realise that maybe what I've got to offer is useful for people and think- putting it out there... I, has taken a bit of guts, but I'm really happy and proud that I've been able to, so. Yeah, I mean, it is useful, and I think it's really unique as well, because your approach isn't, you need to see me every week, you need to physically be in my presence, or you will not get better, that is not your approach, and I think that in so many, so like, in the fitness industry, especially, um, trainers, um, I guess, for their own financial gain, having that expectation of the people that they coach that they can't train without them or that yeah. and that's just such it's one it's fucking greedy mm. and two it's completely wrong like yeah. I don't want to have I don't want to coach people who literally physically need me in the room or they can't do a squat that's ridiculous no, just the same yeah. as you wouldn't want someone's body to fall apart if say you couldn't see them for a week absolutely not I just do not in any capacity believe in creating a dependence on your health professional and I feel like because I've been on the receiving end of thinking that I needed to see somebody religiously or else I would break. Yeah. And then I broke anyway. And then I was like, well, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. So I had to go into a bit of a deep dive of some research and realise that there's bigger things at play than whether or not someone's touching me for half an hour twice a week. Well, I think that often we can maybe overthink what the reasons are as well. Like, I know personally for me... And as you know, like, we've known each other for quite a while and um, you've seen me at my, like, worst. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> Fucking doing CrossFit, training four hours a day, 
fucking recovering like a fucking idiot, just not recovering. Yeah. It's just going to the, just going to the physio every week, and that was my recovery. Mm. And you know, and being like, oh, why do I keep feeling like shit? Why do I keep having meltdowns? Yeah. Why am I not getting stronger? Why is my performance not improving? Why do I not have a period? Yeah. Why? <laughs> No, it's true though. Why am I not getting my period? Why are all these things wrong with my body? And looking like, not looking just close up and being like, because you're fucking overtraining. You're training like a fucking idiot. You're not eating enough. Yeah. Like, it's not necessarily I'm seeing the wrong person. I need to be doing more. I need to be getting more treatments and I need to be you know, spending more money and more time on all of these external factors Mm. when it's like, just don't be a fucking idiot. It's honestly... I think, like, people that do these sports mostly fall into a type A-ish category or something close to that. And it's so easy for them to believe that it's add something else. Like, add add another routine, add yoga, add another treatment, yeah. add a power dot, add hot, cold, <laughs> contrast, recovery, add casein shakes, like whatever it is, it's like Literally easier to add. Literally you've just listed I have done. <laughs> so have I, which is why I know they exist. <laughs> but I do love casein. But it's like, it's so much harder to be like, am I controlling my volume? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? Do I eat vegetables? Like, am I getting 25 grams of fiber a day? Am I mega stressed at work in my relationship? Am I hanging out with a cunt? Am I chest breathing all the time? Like, am I constantly in fight or flight, my sympathetic nervous system, and not having a moment? Is there any moment in my day where I'm just sitting still with nothing going on around me, whether it be my phone, whether it be the TV? Like, honestly, phone usage in itself is something that you could just take off a little bit yeah like the blue light exposure that people are getting this is a whole other conversation but people just always want to add more and I think the biggest thing I've learned like being a health professional is a asking the right questions like deep diving into the important stuff like you can come in and let's say COVID isn't happening and I can touch you and I can rub you back and I can talk to you about things like sometimes it's not even the, the technique I do it couldn't just be the conversation that we have mm-hmm. um, and that touch and the rapport that you build with your patient. Like, they can leave being like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. And they could have just told me they've been having a shit time with their partner or works a bitch or whatever it may be, and that's the thing that makes them feel better. But in the society that we live in, people believe that it's the osteopath or the massage therapist or whatever that makes them feel better. And I think that, that that's something that not many practitioners are open about because obviously it's it's your job it's your livelihood you want to be seen as someone that can help people and you can but maybe being a bit more direct about what it is that you've got to offer is probably even better like asking the right questions in in a history and understanding whether someone's eating enough whether they're training too much those kind of conversations can get you a lot more bang for your buck than needling the right trigger point on the right day. That's a massive skill in itself, just being able to communicate with somebody. Oh, for sure. That's a massive skill. So underplaying that just because you spent five years at uni and thousands of dollars on your education. Thousands. Thousands. (laughs) But, like, you know, it doesn't mean that it's any more or less important. Like, I was just actually writing something about the way that – my coach talks to me um, during training um, and some of the things he says and how just being able to talk someone off their mental ledge, yeah. you know, with a few words, yeah. really truly understanding how that person's mind works and exactly what you need to say in that moment that's going to turn uh, fuck you're a piece of shit into, mm. no, I've got this. Mm. That is such, so much more of a skill than telling someone they need to extend more. Totally, or, or, yeah. Like differently you know it's such it's better it's better like you can learn all that other stuff you can learn how to needle you can learn how to manipulate joints and all that but what that's like a gift you know I think I think it's um I think my age has helped like I'm an old an old person to be (laughs) a new graduate like I'm I was one of the oldest in my year level really you're not even old I feel old I'm I'm turning 30 this year so I'm 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 an old bitch (laughs) no but I guess to be in my first year of treating and be turning 30 in the same year maybe it's just a mental thing for me but a lot of people that are coming out of 22 21 23 and they just haven't had the same life experience like I was lucky enough to travel I moved to another country by myself 
like I went through a bunch of stuff um, overseas and whatever, and I've just had a bit of a different exposure. And I guess also the fact that I've gone through the ringer with weightlifting for the last well, four and a half years. You've competed at a high level, and you've also had very detrimental injuries along the way. Yeah, and that's going to teach you a lot more about how also how to deal with a person who may be like just fucking losing the plot because they can't do what they love. Do you understand? Funny, yeah, you definitely do because you know how cr- like crushing an injury is. And I think like if you're a health professional that works with athletes but you've never been an athlete per se, not even at a high level, it's more the fact that you just that you don't have to be the best at it. You just have to have your heart set on things, whether that be weightlifting, running, cycling, whatever. Like if you're passionate about your sport and you then you can commiserate with someone who comes into your room and says, oh, I've torn my ACL, I'm out for the season or whatever it may be. Whereas if you've, if you've not necessarily had that and you're, and you're not kind of in that mind space, it can be a bit trickier. And I think patients pick up on that as well. But I think the other interesting thing is that, like, because as you said before, like, I've had a few injuries, so I've, I've worked with a lot of different health professionals, and I've been able to kind of be like, oh wow, that was that was poorly mis- that was poorly managed. Like in hindsight, I look back and go, that health professional and the way that he did a made me so much worse. You know, <laughs> purely because I was like a psycho and worried myself sick about the fact that he mentioned, or maybe I had. A fracture or something whereas health yeah. professional b dr andrew Locke, you're a legend told me <laughs> told me like my injury was about as painful as a paper cut and to get over it and let's move <laughs> the fuck on and that was the best thing that could have yeah. happened but that he had to know me and the type of person i am to give me that advice so it's a skill it's reading the person and being like you're the kind of person that's going to respond to tough love. You're the, you're the kind of patient that's going to respond to being nurtured and being, like, held, hand-held through this process. Like, And that's, once again, I think, as you said, like, communication and picking your patient, picking your people, and just knowing, I guess, that that's going to be a bit of trial and error as well because you, yeah. you can't ever have someone walk into your treatment room and know them inside out in one session. It's going to take two, three, four times through to kind of get a bit of a grasp on who they are yeah I think like it's I find like dealing with a lot of um health professionals just in terms of I refer clients onto people yeah someone has like a niggle that they've had for say more than two weeks Mm. I'll always advise that they go see someone there's people that I have that I refer onward to who are people who I trust who I've seen myself and I know that they're not just going to milk that person dry and demand that they come in like twice a week and not actually give them a proper diagnosis. Mm. I've had the issue before where I've sent someone, well, they've got a practitioner they already see, and I haven't wanted to, like, overstep and push my person on them. So they've gone and seen this person, and I've been like, cool, what's the the issue? And they're like, oh, I don't know, they just told me not to bend down. Like, what? And it's like, are you fucking, and all like, oh, they told me not to come to the gym for three weeks. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Are you dying? Do you oh. have fucking AIDS? Why can't you come to the gym for three weeks? Look. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get why someone would say that to you unless you literally like, I can't think of, why, why can't you? Look, what, there's probably some scenarios where I would say you have to rest 100%, but they're very few and far between it's, and this seems very, to be very, the, very much the go-to for a lot of yeah these people and i yeah. just don't understand it because this person will end up having say um patella tendonitis yeah. for example yeah and in my mind that's not a don't do anything at all for three weeks no, you're, you're exactly right like, you know it's what not. i mean it's like you should be <laughs> yeah. doing rehab you should be building like yeah. glute hamstring strength yeah all the other things you can do with your body that don't yeah aggravate that injury yeah. why are you telling that person not to do anything because they're going to come back and be like sweet i'm good i rested for three weeks i'm going to go for a run and like yeah it's just fucking it's retarded bit, i guess that's, yeah. that's a really hard thing and i guess um yesterday when we were on the webinar with the other girls they were asking like what's an osteopath and why is it different from a chiropractor or a physio or whatever and it comes back to the same thing like being an osteochiro or a physio doesn't really matter. It comes back to just, are you a good or are you a shit health professional? And I, <laughs> and I think like even yeah, like sure. PTs and massage therapists and whatever, like it doesn't matter what degree you've done, but if, if your recommendation to someone 
is always going to be you need to rest, then you need to really look at your education and like get with the times. It seems like that's the opinion of so, if someone doesn't back themselves in there. You yeah. know, like it just seems like a cop out. Like I'll just take yeah. you to rest because I'm scared that if I give you an exercise and you fuck yourself up, then it's going to come back well, on me. Do you know what? Like I've had many a uh, teary conversation with my bosses and been like, I'm worried I'm not going to make them better, and like you're not going to make everybody better, and yeah. you don't make anyone better anyway. The body heals itself. It's more the fact that you're going to get it right with with people, you're going to get it wrong with people, but it's it's on you as the health professional to do your due diligence and to educate yourself and read up. And do you know what? Like sometimes the most powerful thing you can say to a patient is, look, I actually don't know what's going on. I'm not sure, but I'm going to do everything I can to help you symptomatically and make you feel better. And I'm going to do everything I can to sit down after work tonight and like read the house down yeah. to kind of figure it out for you. And, like, patients are generally so much more open if you're open. Well, there's no good pretending that you're God. Oh, you but people I mean. do. Like, people will. Oh, you'll be fine in four weeks. And they're not. And they're worse. And they're pissed off. And they're like, why am I still why, here? Why did you lie to me? Well, that's it. <laughs> Especially if you say, look, I really don't know what this is. I yeah. it could be this. Let's try this. They come in again the next week. Oh, I feel like I got 30% better. No worries. Let's try a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Come in the next week. Oh, that exercise really helped. I feel 80% better. Like, cool. And then that's no, kind of like yeah. where you build your anecdotal basis because you can be like, oh, I remember that one patient that had the same kind of hip structure as this other patient and maybe when she had this injury, this happened and, like, you start to kind of use that pattern recognition to apply it to new patients. But then again, you just get some anomalies and you're just like, I have no fucking idea what's going on with your knees. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you may be the first person ever to have that thing wrong with your knees. <laughs> <laughs> your knees are just, yeah, you shouldn't have them. You shouldn't. No, let's get rid of them. <laughs> rest. Rest for three days. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when we were at uni, um, my fiancé used to come in sometimes just for treatment because he'd be around the area or whatever. And we, when we first started working um, in the student clinic, we had a group. So we had to do group work. So um, that particular day, one of the guys in my group was treating my fiancé and he came in with an adductor strain and he did a little bit of massage on it. And I think the guy was being assessed. And by the end of the consult, like... We're about to give our management, which is, like, basically what you send your patient home with. And the guy was like, oh, yep. So as as it said, oh, I've got a powerlifting comp in six weeks, so I really want to get this adapter right. And the guy just said, yeah, yeah, so um, I reckon just need a rest for at least four weeks. And I'm and like... he's competing in five weeks. Yeah, like, I'm, oh like, God. I'm like, in the, in the consult, like, drinking a coffee, and I, like, nearly spat it <laughs> on everybody, because I was like, oh, my God, you're so fucking wrong, and you're in, like, you're nearly about to graduate, That's and you're fucked. saying this. This and is going to be one of the guys who ends up treating one of my clients. And it's going to send me an email saying, they shouldn't bend down. They're for everywhere. Three weeks. <laughs> like, what do you mean, don't bend down for three weeks? But I remember, remember, like, it's yeah, been a bit of a running joke now between him and I because he'll be like, oh, remember that time that guy treated me and told me to rest? Maybe I should just rest. And I'm like, baby, you should stretch. Anyway. So definitely rest for three weeks before a comp, guys. That is a great idea. But definitely don't do that. Um, what I think is interesting when you, you bring up rest is that um, with the kind of situation that we're in now, obviously we're seeing a lot of like people, you know, home gyms and like yeah. it's really sparked this surgence of everyone just fucking like pillaging the rogue and again faster and like gum tree and just like creating these gyms, which is awesome and I love it to bits. It's like my favorite thing. But, um, and this would have been me like probably three years ago, mm. people tending to just go ham, which does mean hard as a motherfucker, which I've recently learned, and I love saying it even more, because I've just been saying ham, and I just envision a ham, like a Christmas ham, because that seems hectic, right? Like, yeah, I'm going ham, as in, like, I'm going to eat a full Christmas ham. I can't believe it. that does mean like, hard as a motherfucker. There's a song. Like, is it? Well, I do have an order. Hard as a motherfucker. I'm not going to sing on your podcast. <laughs> you get the idea. I'm going to have to listen to it. But my point is that, you know, people have gyms now at yeah. home yeah. and they're working at home and they've got all this free time because we can't really do anything. Mm. So, like, what else are you going to do but go ham in your own gym? 
And whilst I'm all like, yeah, let's get strong in games and like ISO games, hashtag, whatever, mm. like amazing. I think there is train. There's still like the whole training smart and training hard For issue. Sure. Yeah. So I think like the cool thing about what you're providing is, I guess, the means to become stronger and become better. Um, but you're not maxing out your bench press for no reason or just doing 150 push-ups a day every day. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever it is you mad cunts are doing. And I feel like that would have been me three years ago if this had happened and I would have been like maxing out something every day, doing like five wads, just being an absolute fucking idiot. And the temptation to do that is obviously very high yeah. right now. Yeah. So it's like what you were saying before about like we're always adding something. It's like yeah. I remember like when I did CrossFit and I was shit at gymnastics, right? Mm. I, I think in retrospect, if I had spent the time doing a whole bunch of um, thoracic mobility, mm. now that I can see what my weaknesses actually were, yeah. if I'd spent time doing that every day, I probably would have got handstand walking better. I probably would have yeah. got all that stuff better because I wouldn't have been like like hunchback of fucking Notre Dame, right? But no, instead I would do an hour of gymnastics drills every day as well as three hours of training and then wonder why I would eat shit and not get my period for like a fucking year, (laughs) you know? So it's like, what are we doing with this extra time? Because yeah, we can go hard as a motherfucker in terms of recovery, in terms of nailing our nutrition, in terms of really working on our weaknesses in terms of mobility restrictions yeah. and yeah, shit like fucking bodybuilding with light weights and all these things that are super fun, yeah. but we're not necessarily being a fucking idiot. I guess it comes down to, yeah, once again, just your ability to restrain yourself, which can be tricky. Um, being our type A yeah, well, that we are. But I think there's that. Then there's a whole other school of people that are probably really lacking motivation, lacking direction. Especially if you're a competitive athlete and you're someone that works towards competitions regularly, um, that it can be a bit of a shaky time because you've got no point to work towards. I'm not 12 weeks out anymore. I don't know where I am, so it's 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 a hard time for a lot of people. I think. Um, Sticking with a routine is key. Sticking with what you have been doing. You, you hopefully have been working with some kind of professional, or if you're not, you've been following some kind of structured linear progression. We hope. Style. We hope. Please, please. 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 <laughs> Prove me right, guys. But, um... Not just copying random people's workouts you see on Instagram that every day. so much. That's my fiance. <laughs> Oh my god, bless his heart. I know, but I guess uh, stick with the structure that you've got. And I guess, like, if you're needing to add things, you're probably all sitting on your ass a lot more than you realise. And I think the there's lots of Fitbits and Garmin's and Apple Watches happening now, and people are a bit more aware of how much they're moving. But if you were someone that commuted or whatever walked to your daily job and went for a walk in your lunch break or went and got a coffee, like you're probably, if you're not really leaving your house and you don't have an animal to walk, you're probably not moving that much. So that's a whole nother aspect of your health in terms of like your aerobic fitness and your cardiovascular health. Like even something like just going for your, for a walk can improve the way that your body digests carbohydrates, improve your insulin sensitivity, things like that. So you should be getting outside and just moving rather than in the home gym going ham. But um, the I still other... envision ham. <laughs> <laughs> Vitamin D, I think, is also another big thing. People aren't kind of getting outdoors and they're not getting yeah. the sun in their eyes. Like I've, I'm a, I struggle to sleep well as it is. I'm not the best sleeper, but I'm, I'm really trying to be conscious of getting out and getting sun in my eyes when I first wake up, getting going out for a walk and then being like on the ball about my blue light exposure. Because if you're not, if you are, are someone that isn't working right now, you're doing a little bit of stuff here and there like I am, but you've got a lot of time to just pick up and scroll. And like that can yeah. be a whole nother thing of like zapping your mental health. But Key, like what I go back and if we circle back to your, comments, uh, to your question, like key things I'd be looking at is 
like movement quality needs to be king here, which it really always should be. But yeah, if you've got extra time, work on the things that you think are your weaknesses, but you don't need to do that in a full-on loaded manner. Like yeah, there's no point go, maxing out right now. No. There's no competitions. There's no anything that requires you to do that. Yeah, if you notice that your chest drops when you do an air squat, um, and you just go put on your weightlifting shoes and that fixes it, maybe it's time to take your weightlifting shoes off and be like, hey, what's going on with my ankles? What's going on with my hips? How can I control that range better? Maybe I should be working with a professional and figuring that out. Or, like, am I someone that warms up by literally foam rolling and picking up the barbell and doing a few power snatches? <laughs> or am I Love someone that. that sits and trigger points every single muscle for four hours before I warm up? Or do I, like... Are you doing your most effective warm-up to get your body nice and ready to move? Like, is that something that you could be refining? There's so many resources, especially on Instagram and talking to professionals that can kind of point you in the right direction. And you've got the space and time um, to really, like, explore that right now. Yeah. I think the last thing would be your accessory movements. Like, everybody skips them. I, I know when I've had a massive session, they're the first thing to go. And I just have been on a really good webinar with um, a coach that I hugely, hugely respect from the US called Spencer Arnold from Power and Grace Performance. But he's been talking a lot about how accessories are necessary but not critical. So obviously when you're when you're wrecked, your accessories are the first thing to go. Whereas right now, you've got so much time. Your accessories like have should have a fucking snack and then go back and, 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 your, back and do your accessories. And your accessories yeah. should be something that you're doing every day and they should be tailored to you and they should be looking at working your movement weaknesses rather than just being like gnarly bodybuilding workouts that make you get a pump on. Like they should be why Why do I need to bicep curl? Should I be tricep extending? Should I be looking at how well my spine moves, whatever it may be? But that's been a really awesome um, learning experience for me. There's been three webinars I've been on with him um, thus far and, like, my, my brain's blown. I can't wait to start programming my next block of uh, training for my guys because they're going to be accessoried out. Get ready, team. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared for them. I'm writing myself one at the same time. So, um, Do you have a name for your group of athletes? Because I feel like you should have a name for them. I don't know. So they can be like, I'm a blah. Oh, like, like a, I train with... I don't I even know. know. I, I will start we'll brainstorming. We can take Feel some... Feel free to send suggestions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll think of something. So, oh. yeah, I think, like... Yeah, I mean, you do have extra time and what you're using it for would be yeah. the bottom line here. And I feel like I've grown up a lot recently with the help of, you know, great friends and people whose advice I find and listen to, like Katie here, um, <laughs> that more isn't better, better is better. Oh, and you sure. said that to me like three years ago and it stuck in my head. Did I really? You did. Oh, my God. Stuck in my head. How good are you? <laughs> stuck in my head ever since because it's so fucking true. Um and you know you don't there's no yeah there's no opportunities to max out so it doesn't really matter like more chance yeah doing mobility saving your games for the when you finally get back to the platform or whatever it is you do yeah and I think like there's no comps anytime soon I think there is that one online thing happening but for the Alinko or whatever. But you don't have to send videos in anyway, so I just need It just seems pointless. <laughs> but, like, I think moving, like, now's the time if you've had that niggling back injury, if you've had that niggling knee injury, but you've kind of been like, oh, it's a 3 out of 10, it's not painful enough to slow me down, actually. Like, maybe now is the time to be like, um, what is actually going on? Can I pull back? Can I figure it out? And, like... I say this with love, kind of not really, but weightlifting coaches, you're not health professionals. Unless you've got a degree, like, I'm sorry, but you're just a weightlifting coach. So I, I, a lot of you are very, very smart people with a lot of experience and a lot to give, but you shouldn't be diagnosing injuries, you shouldn't be treating injuries, and you shouldn't be prescribing rehab plans. So I think, like, that being said, I'm, I'm lucky that I kind of cover off both. Um, I'm not saying by any means that I'm an, that I know it all because I definitely have a lot, lot, lot to learn and I'm learning every day. But I think if we can get a culture in weightlifting where um, health professionals are able to work closely with coaches and coaches are able to take on board what's happening, like now's the time. 
it's not super expensive to do a tally tally health consult with someone like myself and we have the time we have the resources let's figure out why your athletes are breaking down let's look at the programming like let's look at um their primer movements and their mobility routines and their recovery routines and like how can we make these athletes better like people shouldn't be breaking down multiple times a year like I was I'm totally aware that I'm a complete hypocrite because I've had a fair bunch of injuries but I think I've been working really really hard with some great health professionals to try and figure it out and we've we've come a long way and the, the last six months of my training have been a big learning curve for my coach and myself and we've changed a lot of things and it's been um, a, a bit of an upward tick, like things are starting to really come together again, which has been great because I was finding that we were just adding more and more and more. And as you said before, like more isn't better, like better is better. So the fact that we're now adding in better movements and specific structured programming um, to attack my weaknesses, I feel like I'm in a better shape than I was when I was lifting a lot heavier weights last year. So it's good, but there's just no comp anytime soon to show it off. So (laughs) I think though that if you're like, if you get that intrinsic motivation from what you do and you fucking love it, like I don't give a shit if there's never another comp. I'm going to keep lifting weights because I fucking love it. I love it more than anything in the world. Yeah. And like, if you don't have that, I think this is also interesting because this is what you mentioned earlier about um, if you're finding that the situation right now you don't want it to end. Mm. What is it that's going wrong in your life yeah. outside of fucking coronavirus that makes you not want to return to it? And that you would rather stay home, <laughs> try and feed your cat yogurt, <laughs> than go back to work. Or are we just total like introverted <laughs> people that just love home life so much? Oh my god, it's really sad how much I enjoy what I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's literally like I will, I, I start, I talk, I'm talk to myself so much, like ridiculously, <laughs> it's actually maybe a concern, but I talk to myself so much, I talk to Graham, my cat, so much. I think the listeners should know who Graham is by now, hopefully. Yeah, sure. if you haven't, you know about Graham by now then. He's a beautiful cat. He is beautiful. Oh, yeah. But you know, like, all the things I do that I'm like, like, my phone will ring and I won't answer it because I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm like... Well, you think they might be mad at you because <laughs> phone calls are... Sorry, that's a bit of a personal joke <laughs> by myself, but um. But I just like I don't want to like. I think it's a good chance to only engage with the people who you want to engage with. Oh, for sure. Because think about it, probably eighty percent of the people who are in your life are a fucking drain anyway. I think like what we talked about before <laughs> is like if if this if you like Corona life more than your previous life. life you There's probably some stuff you life. need to reconfigure. And 100%. I, I feel I feel very much in that category and right now. And if you're like currently like so stoked that you don't have to train, then what the fuck are you doing wrong in your training? Yeah. Just in terms, and the same as work. Like if you're like fuck it, I want to go back to work. What is what's yeah. going on there? Yeah. You know, or if you're stoked, you don't get to see your partner. Well, you <laughs> might be in trouble. <laughs> I think um, in terms of uh, what we talked about about motivation, like. A classic sign of overtraining is a lack of motivation and a lack of like not being excited to go to the gym. And I've I've definitely felt that a lot. And um, but something that if it's cyclical, if it's happening daily, if, if you just haven't been pumped to go to the gym for six eight weeks, like you're probably overtrained. You probably need to look at what, what you're, you're doing. doing wrong. Or you're yeah. doing the wrong activity or sport or whatever it is you're doing you probably need to scale it back and find the fun and figure out your why and all of that kind of stuff because like look it's it's an unforgiving sport weightlifting but it's also can be a very um like an awesome sport and very like can just be mind-blowing how much fun you're having so you've got to try and balance that and it's going to come and it's going to go and i guess that that's the hard thing about it because those beautiful moments that are so fewer than the, the bitter moments but we just have to keep chasing after the good yeah. ones we're all <laughs> chasing junkies chasing feeling constantly right absolute junkies yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the appropriate word to use in this regard I said have like three times <laughs> but um yeah so definitely motivation is a tricky one and I think uh, there's probably a lot of people that are struggling with it but 
Yeah, I mean, my recommendation is, I mean, I know for a fact I've been doing Katie's mobility program. I'm one of her lucky athletes. We have yet to find a name for me, <laughs> for us. Um, but I found that just committing to that uh, routine and doing it every day has really given me, like, new motivation. And anyone who knows me knows that I am really not an unmotivated person anyway. Yeah. But, that, like, just noticing the improvements from such a simple thing to be implementing like half an hour of my time, I just need my body and like a couple of props and it's yeah. just not, it's not a strenuous thing, it's not a pain, it's just And it's I think easy. like the good thing about that is with so, like with some of the stuff you, you do see like a, a change quite quickly and that can be motivating in itself. Like yeah, when for sure. It's like, it's like newbie gains, but like mobility newbie yeah. gains. Like you see, oh, my God, my arm does go there. <laughs> I just thought my arm didn't do that, but it I actually did, yeah. does. I my front rack was just completely lopsided it, and that's just me, lol. For always, but actually yeah. it's been straight multiple times <laughs> well, this week. that's my thing. <laughs> no. Look, like, it's – and do you know what? Like, we've talked about this before too. Like, having a crooked front rack isn't the end of the world by any means and I don't think human beings ever – 100% symmetrical but if you're in pain or if there's an issue like if you keep pressing your jerk or you keep pressing your snatch or like you're missing something off to the side or whatever it may be like if there's pain associated with that that's when I think it's time to kind of consult a professional and get a second opinion about um that specific issue yeah it's like and you know what even if you're not in pain and you just want to be better at the sport that you're doing like a good warm-up on a good mobility routine can definitely really help with that yeah and i mean what's more impressive fucking maxing out your bench press now in isolation or doing a mobility protocol that's going to mean that in six to 12 months when we get back to the platform or the whatever yeah um you fucking max out and for real in front of people <laughs> for real when it matters yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna do? <laughs> I'll just be over here doing my fucking thoracic mobility. You don't even bench press anyway. I don't even bench press. I don't know why I keep saying bench press. I think it's because ours and his fucking push-ups. <laughs> so Katie's partner is doing what is it? 150 uh, push-ups. So he's doing in May. He's doing um, a push-up challenge for mental health. So I think it's um, 3,046 or something push-ups in 10 days. Um, to raise money for mental health and suicide so it's prevention. Cool. It's a very, um, it's a worthy cause. Oh, super it's worthy, yeah. Really cool. So good on him. We'll just make jokes at his expense. He's just, so he's <laughs> been doing these 150 push-ups a day to kind of start getting, like, his training in. So he's doing different types of push-ups to kind of get get his body ready. See, I would say that that's more training for a specific event, though, as as much as you can at yeah this time. the funny thing was that he just like he had absolutely no intention of training for it he was like okay on the 11th of may i start and i was like can, <laughs> no should we don't. maybe do some push-ups first let's do a bit of a routine like let's so follow cool. some stretches because like he's obviously like, he's working from home he's got a pretty busy um businessing job so he's like at the office um like at his little home office like eight sit to nine hours a day like sitting down then he's training and like he's doing powerlifting and then he goes, goes and does 150 push-ups a day and i'm just like maybe we should stretch <laughs> See, this is an example of when we implement the common sense <laughs> in order for him to smash his goal his long-term goal so that's basically what we're saying so that's what you should be doing too but i think it's also interesting because he like obviously he's my partner so i know him very well but he like everybody has their blind spots like they don't really realize what it is that is causing the pain and discomfort or whatever yeah, they might think that their front rack's fine <laughs> but if someone's got a, some stranger on instagram has to measure them and go <laughs> why is your front rack so weird strangers on instagram is a whole nother you know what podcast. i don't know we I've could got... get a few different girls in here and they can tell us all about strangers <laughs> coaching on instagram yeah for sure but um I think, um, like, in terms of blind spots with this specific instance, like, with a lot of people working from home, they're probably not working at the same desk that they were working at. They're probably sitting on the couch and having a coffee and a biscuit whilst they're they on their calls. on their knee. Exactly. Sure. And that, like, I put a post on this not very long ago on my Instagram, but, like, it's not about having the right posture. There's no perfect posture. Everyone's going to be different. But it's about, like, not staying in one specific posture for too long. And when we are working from home and stuff, like, sitting on the couch for three hours, hunched over a laptop on an Excel spreadsheet, mad, mad, furiously typing, 
and then being like, oh, my back's hurting. My back never hurts. What's going on? Like, this is as for an example. And I'm like, have let's have a reassessment of what you've been doing. But I guess that's why I think it can be helpful to have an external person or a health professional because yeah, you can be sure. like, let's take stock of what's changed. Let's take stock of what you're actually doing right now because you, for you, it's normal. But for your body, you've all of a sudden you've gone from walking and moving around and getting sun and eating different things to all of a sudden you're eating like popcorn KFC and sitting on the couch flat out like there's so many things that are changing yeah and it's so hard to like pull you call yourself on it I think yeah yeah no that's totally fair I I mean there's a good time now to do a bit of self-reflection I was just talking about that earlier in terms of like mental health but the same applies to physical health like what are you leaving on the table that now you could be addressing perfect time so like, much time. are you being a shit cunt in terms of your warm-ups in terms of your um connections with people in terms of anything your like food, yeah. your food exactly Sleep. like vitamin d and i think like a lot of people All are things. fall into the camp of like netflixing and chilling and being like oh and i love a gray's anatomy binge as much as the next person yeah but i will also make sure that it's off at 9 p.m because that's my new bedtime so that's like hectically amazing whereas i'm like over here being like why can't i sleep and it's midnight and i'm like you've had like three energy drinks to get through your fucking that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> don't <laughs> judge we're, me we're not, yeah do what as we say not as we do exactly but, but we are know. awesome and you're <laughs> awesome and thank you so much for what has been the best chat thank you for having Worth me wait, mate. i'm glad Absolutely. i did it i feel amazing a lot less nervous about it now that's done <laughs> never listening to it Oh, I'm going to. I'll just send you random clips of your own voice. Um, Thank you so much. Guys, if you want to reach out to Katie, um, she's mentioned the uh, realm of ways that she can help you. Um, Even if you just have a question about something, um, she probably knows more than you. So, (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, she's pretty great. So the Barber Osteo, um, if you want to follow her, she puts up a lot of really educational posts about ways that we can be improving our health and well-being, um, yeah, they're pretty good. She, um, it's not all weightlifting related. It's not all weightlifting. It's like how to be less of a shit cunt. <laughs> That's my next post for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, so chuck her a follow, send her a message, um, reach out if you do want a mobility program, um, guidance with weightlifting, any like strength and conditioning sort of stuff that you're doing. Even if, you, if you're doing a push-up challenge and you maybe <laughs> don't want to do it like a dumbass. She'll, she'll tell you how to do I'll it. I'll help you out, guys. I'm here for yeah. you. Um, thank you so much. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. And, um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I did. <laughs> and um, <laughs> remember, guys, more isn't better. Better is better. You heard it here first. Bye. Take care. Bye.